the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is made possible through the sponsorship of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship and through the generous giving of faithful donors like you. If you would like to learn more about our ministry, you can visit us at awordforlife.com. Welcome to A Word for Life. A Word for Life is the radio ministry of the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, located in Tacoma, Washington. And now, here's Pastor Michael Fields with A Word for Life. the fifth chapter starting at verse one dear ones notice if you will what the word of the lord declares which it says belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand belshazzar while he tasted the wine commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in jerusalem that the king and his princes his wives and his concubines might drink therein Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood and of stone. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed and his knees smote one against another. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans and the soothsayers. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled and his countenance was changed in him and his lords were astonished. Dear friends, on today I would like for us to return uh, to the text of Scripture that we started to deal with last Sunday that is found for us here in Daniel, the fifth chapter. And the title that we have given to our examination of these verses of Scripture has been this, When the Lessons Go Unlearned. When the Lessons Go Unlearned. 
Now, last week we began to look at this text of scripture that speaks to us about a man whose name was Belshazzar. And he was the current ruling king over the nation of Babylon at this time. So Belshazzar is the king of Babylon at this time. And we are told in Daniel, the fifth chapter, those first four verses, we are told that in a display of pride and presumption and arrogance on his part, he had the vessels of gold and silver brought to him that were taken out of the temple in Jerusalem, by, that were taken out by his father, the former king of Babylon, whose name was Nebuchadnezzar. Um, he had taken those things out. There was Nebuchadnezzar had taken those things out of the temple in Babylon when he had captured, captured the city of Babylon and taking everybody captive back to Babylon. And so the Babylonian captivity is what we're talking about. So Nebuchadnezzar was the one that, that orchestrated the Babylonian captivity. He took everybody in the city back to Babylon captive and he took all the vessels that were in the temple at that time and brought all of those things and those people back to the nation of Babylon. Now, the vessels that were being brought to Belshazzar were vessels that had been consecrated for use by the priests only. So only the priests were to be using these vessels and they were to be used to minister and serve the Lord. So these golden and silver vessels, they were only to be used by the priests and they were only to be used in service and in worship unto the Lord. And what Belshazzar wanted them for was he wanted them to have so he and his guests at the banquet that he was having so that they could drink wine out of them and begin to give praise and, and worship the false gods that they served. And so the scripture tells us in verse 4 of Daniel the 5th chapter, it says, They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver, of brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. So they, they began to drink wine out of these vessels and praised the false gods that they served. And in essence, what they were doing was they were praising their gods and mocking the God of the Jews. Mocking the God of Israel. Basically, they were saying, our God is better than your God. And so they were doing all of this. And, and we are told, it is, the text goes on to tell us, dear ones, that we saw that how the Lord gave to Belshazzar a vision of a man's hand that was writing something on the plaster wall of the king's palace. Because it says, verse 5, in the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. So this, this disembodied hand appears and begins to write something. Now we're not told if it had an instrument that, that it wrote with or just the writing with his finger. But we're told that this disembodied hand begins to appear and it begins to write something on the wall by the candlestick. Notice it's by the candlestick so that it's illuminated. It's seen. It's not being written in the dark. It's being seen. And the scripture says that Nebuchadnezzar, the king, he saw the hand and he saw the hand as it wrote. He saw the hand as it began to make each and every letter. And so Belshazzar is shook. Belshazzar is, is, is frightened. He's made afraid. He doesn't understand what the writing is. He can't read it. He cannot interpret it. He calls for the wise men of Babylon to read and then interpret what this writing is on the wall. And so even though they were not able to see the hand that wrote, they were able to see what had been written. 
Even though they personally were not able to see the hand that was doing the writing, only Belshazzar saw that, they were able to see what was on the wall because he asked them to read and interpret the writing on the wall. But none of the wise men of Babylon were able to read nor interpret the writing. They could not read it, and because they could not read it, they could not interpret what the meaning was. So we talked a lot about that last week, dear ones, and we, we worked a lot of things out with that. But we want to pick up our text because at this point, we want to pick up our text, we want to pick up our topic, and we want to pick up our discussion concerning all that is going on in this passage of Scripture. Um, but dear ones, before we move on in the text, I want to spend a little bit more time examining the event that happened to Belshazzar that is recorded for us in verses 5 through 10. Because, or five through nine, I should say. Because as we talked about, we see this disembodied hand beginning to write on the wall. And I want for us to spend a little bit more time looking at that and, and probing a little bit deeper into this whole event. Um, and there are three things that I'd like for us to see. The first thing, dear ones, is that we are told in verse five that the Lord gave to Belshazzar a vision of a hand that appeared and began to write something on the wall that was in the palace. We're told in verse five that this disembodied hand be- be- appeared and began to write on the wall of the palace. Now, dear ones, This is where, some of you may know this idiom, this is where you get the idiom, the writings on the wall, or the handwriting on the wall. This is where you get that idiom from. This is where it comes from. Now, dear ones, an idiom is defined as an artistic expression that is characteristic and particular to a person, a group, a period of time, or a movement. And so an idiom is a, it's an expression that is particular to a group or a person or to a time period or to a movement. Um, a, a, some examples of some idioms would be like this. For us today, an idiom would be like this. When somebody says to you, that guy knows what time it is. That guy knows what time it is. Now, most of us know when somebody says that they know what time it is, you know what they're talking about. If those of us, especially those of us that are of our cultural persuasion, you know what they're talking about. You know what time it is. You know, it, 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 just, it just registers something. Or if somebody were to say something, you know, that, you know what, that lady was on point with everything she said. That lady was on point with everything she said. You know what that phrase means. It communicates something. It communicates something to you that goes beyond the actual words that are used. And so an idiom is something, it is a phrase that communicates something that goes beyond the actual words that are used. And people of that culture or people of that period of time, you know exactly what's being said when that phrase is used. And so... For, for, for us today, there was dealing with it, the idiom, when the, the writing's on the wall, that idiom, dear one, is a phrase that is meant to communicate that there is a message that is there, and that message is obvious and apparent to other people, but for one reason or another, the one who needs to get the message is either blind to it and unable to see it, they are unwilling to see it, or they just refuse to see it. When somebody says to you, the writing's on the wall, man. They're trying to let you know there's a message you need to be paying attention to. 
But for, and other people see the message. Other people see the message. Other people are getting it. But for some strange reason, you are either unable to see it, unwilling to see it, or you just are refusing to see it. Amen. Amen. Lord have mercy. And so dear ones, on today, as we begin to look at this text of scripture, the first question that we have to each and every one of us ask ourselves is the question, is there some handwriting that you need to be seeing? Is, is there some handwriting on the wall that the Lord is trying to show you or has been trying to show you that you either have been un- unable to see, unwilling to see, or just not wanting to see? We will get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message in just a moment. But we wanted to take a moment to share with all of you that the aim of our radio ministry at the Word of Life Bible Fellowship is to share the good news of Jesus Christ with as many people as possible and to strengthen and edify the body of Christ through Bible teaching that is both clear and relevant. We would like to see this ministry go even farther in accomplishing this work, but in order for us to be able to do that, we need your help. If you are able... After you have given to the support of your own local home church, if you are able to help us with the cost of airing this program on the station, we would greatly appreciate it. All donations are tax deductible, and they can be sent to the Word of Life Bible Fellowship, P.O. Box 8903, Tacoma, Washington, 98418. And if you would like to learn more about our ministry and be able to listen to some of the archived messages from Pastor Fields, you can do so by visiting us at our website, which is awordforlife.com. And now, let's get back to Pastor Fields and to today's message. When somebody says to you, the writing's on the wall, man. They're trying to let you know there's a message you need to be paying attention to. And other people see the message. Other people see the message. Other people are getting it. But for some strange reason, you are either unable to see it, unwilling to see it, or you just are refusing to see it. Lord have mercy. And so dear ones... On today, as we begin to look at this text of scripture, the first question that we have to each and every one of us ask ourselves is the question, is there some handwriting that you need to be seeing? Is is there some handwriting on the wall that the Lord is trying to show you or has been trying to show you that you either have been unable to see, unwilling to see, or just not wanting to see? Lord have mercy. You say, you say, well, but preacher, how do you know? How can you know that the writing's on the wall? Dear ones, when you start to try and do things and everything you try falls apart on you, when you start trying to go in directions and every time you try to go in that direction, God is shutting doors on you. If you are trying to involve yourself in certain situations and every time you try to involve yourself in the situation, the Holy Ghost is convicting you about that. Dear ones, there's some handwriting you need to be paying attention to. There's some handwriting there you need to be paying attention to. And so, is there something that the Lord is trying to show me? 
that I am unable or more accurately unwilling to see? Is there a message that the Lord is trying to give to me that I'm not willing to see, that I'm refusing to pay attention to? Dear ones, is, is there something that is obvious and apparent to other people, but for one reason or another, I am either refusing to see it or I'm just unwilling to see it? See, there are some things that are obvious to other people. It's obvious to everybody else. They may say something to you about it or they may not say something to you. But dear ones, it's obvious to other people. But for some reason, we either don't want to see it or we just refuse to see it. And is there a message that the Lord has been trying to give to me that I need to pay attention to and take seriously, but I have been unwilling to accept it and unwilling to receive it? The handwriting for some, dear ones, the handwriting is on the wall. It's there. It's obvious to everybody else. But for one reason or another, we just haven't been willing to see it. But there was the next thing we want to take note of concerning this text and, and what we see here is that the writing that is there, even though everyone that was there could see the final product of what was written, everybody that was there could see the final product of what was being written. It was only Belshazzar that was able to see the whole thing. Only Belshazzar could see the origin of the writing and the formation of the writing. Everybody could see the writing on the wall. Everybody that was there was able to see, well, there's who wrote on the wall. Who wrote that? Who, who did that? Only Belshazzar was able to see the origin of the writing. Only he saw the, the, this disembodied hand writing on the wall. And only he was able to see the formation of the writing. He was able to see how each letter was being written out. How each how each letter, the, the, how the hand was making each and every letter. Only Belshazzar was able to see that. Nobody else was able to see it. And so you have a situation where everybody else is seeing the final product, but only this one individual knows where it came from and why it's there. Only this person knows where it came from and why it's there. And the practical point of application that this has for us, dear ones, is even though the writing on the wall concerning us may be obvious and apparent to everybody else, they don't know the full story of how it got there and what led up to it being there. But you do. You know the full story. They don't know how, they, they don't know how the writing got there. You do. They don't know the reason why the writing came. You do. They don't know the, the full story that led up to this thing. You do. You know the full story. You know the number of times that the Lord has been trying to get your attention, but you have been refusing to listen. You know the number of times that God has sent people to you, but you didn't want to hear what they had to say. You know the number of times that God was trying to get, to, to get you to pay attention and turn from certain things or begin to go in a certain direction or do a certain thing or whatever it is. But regardless to how many times God tried to get your attention, you refused to listen. You know where the writing came from. You know why it's there. Others see the end product, but they aren't seeing the reasons behind it. They don't know the backstory. For some dear ones, you, we, we try to act like we don't know the whole backstory. 
as to why certain things are a certain way or why we are in we, we, we try to act like we don't know the whole backstory of why certain things are a certain way or why we're in the situation we're in right now or why we're going through what we're going through we try to act like we don't know the whole backstory no you know the backstory you know the backstory you know why the writing came Lord have mercy and so, and so, and so Belshazzar is there. He sees the hand. He knows why. Nobody else saw the hand. He sees it. Nobody else saw the formation. He saw it forming. He saw every, as it was being formed, he saw every piece of it. The third thing that I'm moving on in my text. Notice something. Notice that, 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 that Belshazzar, he calls for the wise men of Babylon. He asked them to plead. Somebody read this for me. Read, interpret this for me. What does this say? Nobody could do it. And it was only as God sent somebody. It was only as God sent somebody there that the Lord enabled them to fully understand what it was that was written. Now, 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 even though they were not able to read it nor interpret it, I believe within my sanctified imagination that that did not stop them from having opinions about it. Their own personal interpretations of why it's there, how they felt about it. They have their theories about why it's there. Well, I believe it's there because of this. I believe it's there because of that. I believe it's this because of that. And I, I got an opinion about it. Would you like to hear my opinion? They had their theories. They had their interpretations. They had their opinions. But nobody was able to fully understand why it was there until the Lord revealed it to them. But some of us, dear ones, the situations that we're in right now, other folk got their opinions about it. Other people got their interpretations of it. They can tell you how they feel about it, but you ain't never going to understand what it really is all about until you ask the Lord, help me to understand this. Help me to understand what's going on. Help me to understand the writing that's on the wall. Reveal it to me. I could listen to everybody else's interpretations. I could listen to everybody else's opinion. And your opinion sounds good, but your opinion sounds even better. I think I'll go with yours. I could listen to that all day. But Lord, I need to know what you're saying. And I need to know the message you're trying to communicate to me. And I need to know the things that you would have me to learn from the writing that's on the wall of my life. But dear ones, as we look at the text, let, let's, let's move a little farther in the text because... We see in verses 10 through 12, it says, Now when the queen, now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house. And the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not your thoughts trouble you, nor let your countenance be changed. There is a man in your kingdom in whom the spirit of the holy God, in whom is the spirit of the holy gods. And in the days of your father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him. Whom the king, Nebuchadnezzar, your father, the king, I say your father, made master of the magicians and astrologers, Chaldeans and soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel, whom the king named Belshazzar. Now let Daniel be called and he will show you the interpretation. Now, at this point in time, dear ones, word gets out in the castle 
concerning this writing that's on the wall. People start talking. You, you can't keep people from talking. And so word gets out and, and, and people start talking about it. And the queen, who actually is Belshazzar's mother, this is Belshazzar's mother that we're talking about. She gets word about it and she comes to the king in order to inform him that there is someone in their kingdom that can help him with this problem. And the reason why she knows that there's somebody in the kingdom that can help him with the problem that he has is because the same person was the one who was able to help his father, King Nebuchadnezzar, when he faced a similar situation in his own life. Now, I'm making reference, the scripture makes reference to the two times that Nebuchadnezzar had something that the Lord was trying to reveal to him, but he wasn't able to understand that either. And the wise men of Babylon were not able to help his, his father, Nebuchadnezzar, at those times. And it was only Daniel that the Lord used to help Nebuchadnezzar to understand what he needed to understand. And so she's referring to Daniel. She's saying, there's somebody in your kingdom that can help you. And he helped your father, the king. I say, your father, the king. Hello, dear ones. This is Pastor Michael Fields. And here at the end of today's broadcast, I just wanted to take a moment and say thank you to all of you for taking the time out of your day to tune in and listen to our program. My hope is that today's broadcast has been a blessing to you in some way and has helped you in your walk and in your relationship with the Lord. And I want to encourage all of you to tell a friend about this program and join us here next time as we look into the riches of God's Word in order to find a word for life. General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.